Hello and welcome to Dungeoneered, a podcast dedicated to discussing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. Let's do it. So, um, Josh, we continuing kind of on our little lukewarm open thing that we've been doing, I decided that um, I wanted to dive into storytelling with D&D, which is obviously a huge portion of D&D, especially for a DM. And I wanted to know, which we may have talked a little bit about this, but when you're doing like a story or creating a story for your group, for your party, do you like actively plan out a story or do you like go with the flow? What What do you normally do? What do you mean? So I know like some DMs are like, they essentially write a book and have their players kind of go through it mm-hmm. and then kind of like give illusion of there's like choices. So like the party's like, you know, you kind of just like push the party along in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. Or you very much like a, here's the world, do whatever you want. And then I'll react to it type person. So I've done all, all three different versions. Um, I've done the one where you say, okay, like this is the world. This, all this stuff's happening. You choose what you want. I've done, there is kind of a story, but I want you to be more deciding what to do. Um, and then I've done, which is what I'm doing more now, where it's a little bit more, I have a story in mind, this story is happening with or without you. You can jump on or you can have your story be completely like going on in the back, like while that's going on. Because I found, at least from my three that I've, the campaigns that I've done, is that my current party are liking this one more. Rather than giving them full liking? freedom. Okay. Like having this crazy story going on with the world and having all of them have a reason to be connected with it, but not forcing them to be connected with it. So what do you mean? Give me, give me, I'm a little confused. So, okay. Two of the players, their like reason for being where they are is to help with this main story. That doesn't mean that they couldn't say, screw that main story. I'm not going to do it, but they have incentive to help the story. Got it. Okay. Okay. I see. And they've liked so far, we've had a lot better, which also I've just improved as a DM over the three campaigns, but they've they've been seeming to like the, oh man, this story is unfolding while we're just feel like we're a part of it. And it feels like they're slowly learning sides of the story, but they don't know the whole grand scheme of the story yet. And they love that. Interesting. Interesting. Have you, did you like plan this story from like the beginning or was it like... Not excessively so. Making it up as you go. I I have like, I had like the big bad. I have the big bads like people underneath him. And I had a few like story arcs that were going to happen. Like it was a post apocalypse. So I'm like, there's going to be a story arc where they're going to need supplies. There's going to be a story arc where um, the town gets attacked. There's going to be a story arc where. And so I just had these story arcs planned. But, but it's what the of details loose. of them could change. So when then, I guess, to like build off of kind of what we've been talking about in terms of, you know, like, how do you build an interesting character? How do you build an interesting, you know, world type thing? Um, how do you then like construct an interesting story within that framework? Do you just like make a bad guy, call it good? Do you like what's so the process? What I do if, if I'm for bad guys, what I do is I create the bad guy. I create, like, I I look at the world as it is, say, what does this bad guy want to change? And then I think of, if they were not stopped, how would the world look? Like, what's their perfect, hey, my goal went off without a hitch? 
And then I, if the players don't care to engage with that with that villain, at that point, I look at the rest of the world and I say, is anyone going to stop this person? Are people going to fail? And sometimes I even roll for it because I love... Like, I love this villain, and I love what they're doing, and I'm like, hey, I think it'd be really fun if they succeed, but I kind of think the world would try and stop them. Let's see if they're successful. Because I'm cool with either story. I think it'd be really interesting either way. So if I just look at, if I roll for it, I feel like it's more, it's, it just feels like it's more in tune with the game of D&D. Yeah, it's, it's, more, it's more along the lines of D&D instead of you deciding if it's <laughs> success mm-hmm. or failure. So then what do you think... As both a player and a DM, what do you think makes a story interesting? Like, makes a D&D story interesting? Are they the same? Are they different as a DM versus a player? Are they, you know... Do no, they I think they, the I think they need to be this... I think they need to be the same um, because you want your party to be enjoying the the story. So I want... That's part of what's fun for me as a DM is creating a story that my players are super interested in. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, for sure. You want to see everybody enjoying the story at the table. Yeah. But like what builds that interesting story? What what what's the characteristics that make a story interesting? Is it, you know, tension? Is it, you know, like a, a really good villain like you were saying? Is it, you know, like what makes a story interesting? Plot I think twists, investment. turns. I think investment. I think if you can invest your char- your your players in the story, like give them a reason to care about it. So one of the things that I had was one of the characters, one of the players before the campaign, he didn't even tell me that this was like, he kind of thought it was obvious and I, I didn't see it as obvious. I didn't believe it was an idea his character would have until he told me and I'm like, you know, I can play off this. He said that he hated one of the characters that I had created. Like his character was told that that character had wronged his family and so he hated that character. And I was like, who told you he wronged your family? And so I just built on this little small thing that this player had that this person wronged their family. And now it's gotten to the point where it's been revealed that, hey, the person who told you that, he wasn't totally wrong, but it was more his skewed way of looking at it that made him look at this guy as a villain. And so now that he knows that, he finds out that, no, he didn't, like, take over, like, steal the throne pretty much from your grandfather your grandfather gave it to him because he had earned it in a way that your his your uncle hadn't. And so your uncle's mad at him for that, and he feels like it was a stolen throne, even though he had no right to it. And so, right. it, so they, you're they able got, to kind of like weave a character's backstory and invest them into yeah, you know, and, the story you've made. And they got incredibly like j- jived with that whole story and like, oh man, like their characters like kind of having these breakthrough moments of like this is like all this stuff's happening and it felt like the character was important to it and and everybody wanted them on their side like the the dude who quotation marks stole the throne wanted him on his side because he cared about him because he was a relative of the dude who trained him who he took over for but his uncle also wanted him on side because he was literally family and so like it felt like all sides wanted this let's be honest weaker play weaker character because they're all like high level NPCs, but it felt like there was a reason for these low level NPCs to be so important in that story. No, totally, totally. And I, Do you and ever... I told them at the end that, hey, like this dude had this letter that has like says, hey, like I, I have armor that is for your family only that can wear it. 
I was told to give it to you when you were old enough. That dude has now died, and they they had to go back to the city. And one of the things that I, I wasn't even expecting them to care about it, they did a whole part of our last session was how to sneak in, get the armor, and leave without oh, being caught by this other guy. So I thought they had dropped, they, they had been like, oh, that was a cool arc, and then just forgot about it. But they they thought about everything that they encountered and things that they were told, and they came back and stole the armor. Oh, interesting, interesting. And so it's kind of like, like you said, really invested them into this part of the story because this guy's, you know, I guess family armor is, yeah. you know, part of his backstory. Mm-hmm. And Do he's you... been such a closed off kind of like um, unemotional uh, character up until this moment and he literally had this he's he's said to the other people like you see as he's like looking at this armor his his like visage kind of breaks for a second as he like has these emotions of this is my family who he's kind of he was separated from for a long time right which those moments in D are always really really fun when yeah. somebody gets so invested into the game you know and even they they kind of like they think about how their character reader would react and they react in like a genuine way, which is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever have a hard time involving character backstories into your main story? Do you, what do you do when you feel like you can't involve a character's backstory into the main story? Do you ever have that problem at all? What's, I think, what's kind I think of the that process is a, there? I don't, I don't think every story has to be a part of the major story. Cause I, I think that's impossible. I think, I think for sure. Like, I mean, I mean, unless you're incredibly lucky and all your characters, all the PCs create backstories that just fit so beautifully with the main story, which I've had that happen before, and it's wonderful when it does, but it's so rare. Um, but when when there's some that don't feel like they could fit in a way that would be like, oh, this fits to the main story, I don't think they have to. I think what you could do then, which is something I did in a previous campaign, was... Um, it was actually related to one of the things that Matt Colville talked about on one of his videos where he said, like, an interesting thing to do for an early encounter with early enemies, like an early, like, enemy base that you clear out and stuff. Like, the world is not, uh, it's not secular. It's not divided. It's not, it's not enclosed little spaces. It's all connected. So why aren't these villains talking to each other? Like, if one has a reason to get the aid of the other one, why wouldn't they be talking? So... Like right. he had, he said like, Hey, why don't you have like communications between like a higher level NPC? That's an enemy that they'll fight later on in an early area. So in that same way, if you can find something like maybe it was just simply that these goblins attacked their, their family and killed them and they want revenge in that goblin camp, maybe have the goblins have stolen something from maybe the main car- maybe the main big bad or from like, or killed some of their men or like just you can you can weave it in without it being your backstory is literally related to the other one no absolutely and do you kind of along these same lines do you have like um you know your main storyline and then do you go on like little arcs with like character storylines like character backstories and stuff do you like doing that or is it more like you just kind of weave everything with the main storyline i think it's up to the party i i think the party always if they if they feel it's important enough they find times for things. So one of the things that they're they're trying to find time for right now, and they're actually having a hard time finding time for it, which is, and they're actually, um, they met a hag, and they just despised the hag from day one. They were just like, I hate this. This sucks. This hag is horrible. And like pretty much told the hag when, once they finished making a deal, we're going to come back and kill you. 
eventually. <laughs> and the hag's like, oh, I'm sure you will. And so they have tr- they're trying to find a time to kill her and just get her out. And so one of the characters, their, their parent, their mother, was kind of terrible. <laughs> she was um, trying to like infect her. Like if, you, if we think of it like in terms of Fallout, if someone's mother in that world purposely infected their children with radiation to, to try to turn them into like super mutants or ghouls boy that would be messed up yeah yeah that's <laughs> what it was it was up. oh no it's super messed up and so i was like hey she's terrible the hag's terrible what if the hag is like teaching her as an apprentice oh yeah so i sure. weaved that in so now they know that the mother is over there with the hag as well and they're all like it's all this stuff but now they currently where they're at in the story they have to find someone that they don't have any way of locating so they're literally going to make a deal with this hag that they want to kill that that they they also know one of the one of the pc's mothers is her apprentice which is super awkward and is in that deal is the hag gonna like have like a thing where it's like you can't like kill me type deal like how is that gonna work i mean if we'll hag see knows, if the hag knows you i mean know the hag also thinks that they're really weak characters she doesn't think uh, okay. you see them as enemies as as potential threats as of right now whether so she she's just being... make a deal that's you know lucrative to her and to both yeah. sides but not really cover up all the loose ends mm-hmm. and honestly she kind of likes the idea of being able to kill these adventurers and turn them into pets which would be which would be horrifying <laughs> well that's how her mind works and so it just kind of worked out that these these parts of the world i don't need to create time for them because if the party thinks they're important enough they'll find the time yeah i guess i i mean thinking on like my campaigns i do i guess a very similar thing where it's kind of like you know i have a few bad guys here and there that are roaming around doing whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. but then it's kind of like you know what whatever the party kind of wants to do within that realm i always i always like liken it to a backyard with a fence like i have a fence of like the overall like overarching rules of the world and what's going on in the world but the players can kind of like do whatever they want within that world. Mm. But the storyline is still happening in the background, whether they're do- doing anything to it or not. And eventually, you know, if, you know, doesn't get stopped, then, you know, they're going to have to deal with it one way or the other. And so, like, I guess I do something very similar where, you know, again, I have these villains and like, you know, different plots and things that are happening. Mm. And then, you know, even even important people that aren't villains that are doing stuff that are, you know, involved in wars or involved in, you know, yeah guilds and things like that that are just you know kind of happening and taking place and it's up to the players whether they want to interact with it or do you know whatever mm. um yeah like i don't even think the big bad evil guy needs to be introduced till like way later like it doesn't have to be a from day one they know who the big bad is i oh, mean no, those are always sure. interesting like i we're level six in your campaign i have no idea what the big bad even's gonna sort of be <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be yeah. us for all we know oh it's it's true it's true it's true it's true no i mean there is there is a big bad evil guy in my campaign for sure but has he been introduced or met no not really yeah <laughs> you know like he has i mean just never gotten around to seeing it or interacting i mean with also it or doing at this point we're it. level six we barely took over this um is it a barony it's a, it's a, it's, it's not a barony. Duchy? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's not a duchy, no. Um, so duchy's the really big, duchy's like, oh, duchy's the big biggest, one, sorry, yep, yep, barony, sorry. and then it's a, a fief. 
Oh, it's Fief. Okay, so we barely took over this Fief. We're we're nobodies to whoever this big bad evil guy is. There's no oh, reason sure. why they would need to reveal themselves to us. Well, and then you guys are, you know, like you get a ton of money and then you just instantly spend it all and lose it all. In, hey, hey, you hey! Know? We grow our community. It's That's true. That's what matters. No. It, 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 we and are literally strengthening our fiefdom. But we've gone on for way too long. I gotta end it here. Oh yeah, true. We're twenty minutes. Oh shoot, I, I didn't even I see. I gotta it. end it here. <laughs> shoot. <laughs> it was a good talk for sure, but I gotta end it here. All right, all right, all right, all right. What's the real topic then for okay. today? <clears throat> so I've finally been getting into The Witcher Three. Hey, I love that game. When so I was much. a kid, I accidentally soft locked myself in a situation that I couldn't get past. I'd like saved with like so little health with enemies like right next to me. And they're like already attacking, so like yeah. every time you load, you just die. Yeah, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. I, I literally it was like, I'm not gonna play the whole beginning of this game just to get back here. I don't care anymore. I'm done. Uh, and I've since I've started playing it again. It's a pretty good RPG. It's pretty good. It's really really good. I actually started playing Skyrim again recently. A pretty bad gotten, RPG. Yeah, it's not comparatively it's not great yeah. <laughs> comparatively it's not great but i've added like a ton of million mods that's the one thing that i love about skyrim is just yeah. like the insane amount of mods and so it's been really fun just to like go back but i remember times as a kid when i first would play skyrim or even oblivion which was the first elder scrolls game that i played i mean i don't really count morrowind because i was too young to really know what i was doing in morrowind mm -hmm. but um where you would like load into an area and you'd be fighting a really difficult person. And you're like quick saving a bunch and you quick save into a spot where you're like, you have no chance of surviving and you just <laughs> die over and over and over again. You just hope every time reload, there's some sort of luck that will prevent you from dying. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I dodge this way, nope, didn't work. Maybe if I dodge the other way, yeah, nope. maybe he'll miss, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but so as I've been playing this Witcher three, I've been learning a lot of interesting lore of their world. And one thing really, really stuck out to me. So I'm going to talk about it here. Now, we're going to focus on the elves of the world, but we're going to talk about every race a bit as well. So when I say we're going to talk about every race, I mean, they all have a weird sort of connection to their world that it feels really unique to the Witcher's world. Um, historically, the story of the races, nearly all of them come from another world. Yeah, I don't know much about Witcher lore. So none I of do... the races... Like nearly none of the races that were on that are on the world originally existed there. They literally huh, came like the elves literally came on what's said to be a white ship and sailed Weird. here. They are so, literally aliens. <laughs> little is known of these other worlds, but let me reiterate that nearly every race came from a different world to this than this one. Do we? It's been so long since I even did anything with The Witcher. Do we know like what race was like native to this world? I think it's like one of it's some of like the smaller ones, the ones that are the races that are not talked about anymore. Uh, okay. And and I really just said nearly all because I'm covering my butt just in yeah, case there true. is one that is. From <laughs> all the ones I read, it was like no, they're not native. No, they're not native. No, they're not native. No, they're not native. And I'm like, I'm sure there's one. And there's got to be. It, but also there were elves that that literally left that world. So they were native and they left. Yeah. So yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. on here anymore. Those are completely different elves. We're not talking about those elves. But in the history of the world, I believe the humans came here only 1,500 years ago from, like, the time of The Witcher 3. But the elves came 2,000 years before. Ooh. But they weren't even the first to arrive. That would be the gnomes. The gnomes were the first. 
and they were followed by the dwarves who came in three to four thousand years before. Which is interesting because when you when you think about it, I mean, again, I don't know much about the Witcher lore, but like two thousand and three thousand years isn't like that long when you're talking about like a you know like a world history or world lore. Mm-hmm. Also, from what it sounds like, the societies were partially already developed, so they already had technologies and things. They weren't starting from base one. Right, they just stumbled upon the world somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, these dwarves, as I said, came three to 4,000 years before the humans. When the dwarves arrived and eventually met the gnomes, they were amicable, as they were not expansionistic and were happy to live together with the gnomes. Now, these two cultures have heavily influenced each other because of this. Now, dwarves and gnomes have very similar cultures in this world. They're not exactly the same. There's difference and and less... um, they, they both have, like, a very common, like, cast structure, but the gnomes is a lot looser, and it's, they, there's differences. It wasn't until one to two thousand years later that the elves came onto the scene. These became known as the Elder Races. Now, I love El- that name, the Elder <laughs> Races. Yeah. Have you, have you watched the um, Witcher series? I've watched the first season, and I'm wanting to watch the second one, but I have to go back and watch the first one, because I don't remember everything that happens. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the characters has elder blood, and that's kind of an important part. Yes, yes. Now, elves in The Witcher are very similar to classic elves. Being more slender and attractive than humans, appearing graceful and lithe. The ways that they differ are interesting, though. Such as, despite living a long time, like classic elves, these elves are infertile. Pretty quick, in the grand scheme of how long they live. This makes their population grow at a surprisingly slow rate. Interesting. Interesting. So if you look at, like, the grand scale of how long they live, it's not that long that they're actually able to bear children. Now, as is a classic in medieval fantasy, humans in the Witcher series, they see themselves as better than any non-human race. The classic human trope, baby. I wonder why that would be. Have Hmm. humans done anything to make them (laughs) that, that be like... Huh, that's just what we associate with humans. Hmm, I don't know, yeah, I don't know. know. That's weird, no idea. (laughs) So, they came in thousands of years after the rest of the races, but quickly spread like the plague. Currently, they are the majority of people in the world and control much of its lands. This was partially because the elves, which at the time had spread across the world, mistook humans and their intentions, and even underestimated the threat that they posed. When the humans began attacking the elves... They didn't want war because they could tell that there would be thousands and thousands of casualties if the humans and the elves went to war. So they just kind of kept retreating and hoping that the humans would stop. Humans didn't stop. And even after (laughs) signing a peace treaty, it only lasted a few years before they broke it and continued pushing them back. I I love it. Humans didn't stop. (laughs) It's just so classic humans. The break started a war called the Hu- the elven human war but the elves were quickly defeated in this war and to this day still haven't fully recovered despite this dominance the elves see themselves see humans as inferior almost like animals for the elves believe they were created and the humans believe they are evolved this makes the elves see them as little more than hairless apes Now, with the dissemination and integration, such as half-elves and the like, this is not a belief that is believed by all, but enough full elves believe it that it has become a stereotype that they believe this. Now, elven culture plays on the tropes of naturalism and being one with the forest and the land. 
Urban elves traditionally still respect these beliefs, but tend to be scholars and artists, while elves that don't live in the city tend to lead simpler lifestyles, where they focus on hunting, gathering, and living off the land. They also tend to prefer more animal, more naturalist armors and weapons, like bows, light armors like furs and hides. They were even said to be good fighters on horseback. Now, even the elves that don't live in the city, the rural elves, they didn't seem to, to farm. The ideas of agriculture, crop rotation, and any, all that kind of stuff just were foreign to them. That was just something they didn't engage with. Now, the elves, as I described earlier at one point, spread across the world, nearly the whole, the whole, um, nearly the whole world, and during that time had built incredible stone cities. But most are destroyed now, or occupied by humans, or any of the incredibly numerous monsters in this world. What did... So, wait, if the elves, like, didn't farm, how did they, like... Did they just hunt and, like, gather? Is that kind of uh, what yeah, they did? Yeah, that's, that's what it says they do, yeah. Huh, interesting. So even when they had huge nations and, and just huge dominance over the world, I mean, everybody was working together at that time. Like, they fought a little bit. The elves kind of fought more than most, but... Most people in that world were just okay living together. Like, hey, I don't really need to expand. We're pretty good over here. So and the, the, when the humans, Fire Nation attacked. Yeah, yeah, when humans came in, it was kind of this huge culture shock of, why are you expanding? Why are you attacking us? <laughs> yeah. Stop. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop. Mom, he's hitting me. He's hitting me. <laughs> now, this destruction of uh, the incredible stone cities that the elves had was not always at the hands of others or time. Elves would intentionally destroy some of their towns and palaces before an occupation because they did not want elven architecture to fall into the human hands. That's so sad. Yeah. Like, if you were to, like, think about, say, like, there was an invasion and they knew they were going to lose and they just start destroying their own stuff. Oh, man, that's Bye-bye, Pyramid of Giza. Bye-bye, yeah. <laughs> Taj Mahal. See ya. Bye-bye, Trump Tower. Despite destroying the towns and cities, many of the modern towns and cities that we know of in the series are made on top of ancient elven cities that were destroyed before they were taken over. Now, this is all I have for the elves of the Witcher series. And I think it's time that we create more early year history of the races for season four. Heck yeah, do so it. Far, recap, recap, recap. <laughs> so far, we've created elves, lizard folk, kobolds, and many other reptilian humanoids that reside in the desert we created the dwarves gnomes and drow of the forest what other biome and races should we mess with today okay we've got a few options we've got one like cold wintry tundra zone area okay that's one we got swampy swamp we've got mountains can't forget the mountains i would love to do something with a volcano somewhere because volcanoes are cool we have Let's see. We probably have like steps, like a step, like nomads, stuff like that, like planes. Um, I kind of want to do swampy swamp. Swampy swamp? I'm down with the swampy swamp. I'm good for now, the I already have. Swamp. I already have a race that I want to put there because Ooh, okay. from Let everything me. I've read and everything I know, they have not been put there so far. And I think it might be interesting. Swamp tabaxi. <laughs> no, I wouldn't <laughs> want to hurt their fur like that. True. Goliath. Swamp Goliaths. Swamp, swamp Giants, as they call them. Swamp Giants. Or Giants of, of the Swamp. Swamp Giants or Giants of the Swamp. I'm down. I'd like that. I think that's super cool. I think that's... Why? I haven't heard that before, and so that just sounds interesting to me. I, 
yeah, I mean, I think that'd be super, I don't see why not, you know? I don't think there's anything that's preventing me from <laughs> from saying no. What what do the swamp goliaths do? What do they, why, what, what's, what's cool about them? You know, we have I kind of want it to be in our, roots. in our modern society, um, like however long we go when our actual campaign is going to be set, I kind of want them to be mining for coal. You want them to be mining for coal. Interesting. Coal, I believe, from what I've researched previously, grows under swamps. Well, That's why there was grow, so much of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Develops under. Yeah, because there's so much organic material. That yeah. And that's where. Um, fossilizes, essentially. Not fossilizes, but. Mm. But yeah, that's why, like, Britain had so much of it during the Industrial Revolution. Right, right. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I like that. I think that's totally fine. Do we want, like, how advanced does a society have to be to know about coal? I don't really know how early we used coal <laughs> in real well, life. Um, That's my only issue that I have with well, it. Yeah, I mean, it could be used for more tribal and more things like that um, before, because coal was used for other things. Um, I mean, I know when you put it in a furnace with raw, you know, raw beef, you get a cooked steak, you know, um, and I know I'm assuming that's know, a Minecraft reference. It is, but I don't even know if it's called raw beef, so it probably failed miserably. <laughs> I don't even know what it's called when you kill a cow. I mean, I know when you kill a cow in real life, you get beef, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's called that in Minecraft. And I don't, yeah, so I don't know, like, how early did we use coal for stuff? Not that it matters, and we can say that we use coal in our D&D world. I mean, I'm literally looking up, when was coal discovered as useful? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I'm assuming they've figured out that, you know, you could burn it. The Chinese were known to have used it more than 3,000 years ago. Oh, okay. Well, then, shoot. Yeah, we're going to have swamp, we're going to have swamp glass with, like, fireworks. Now, in America, oh, in, yeah, in America, um... The discovery of coal in this country was by French explorer on the Illinois River in 1679, and the first commercial mining of it in America was in 1748. Yeah, it seems like it's more of like a you know industrial resource than mm-hmm. you know medieval fantasy res- resource. But with that being said, I think it would be cool if we had them be you know mining something from the swamp, whether it's coal mm-hmm. or not. I think that's a cool idea. Or coal idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. But what do we want their like civilization to look like? Are they building huts like houses? Are they building like swamp houses that are like above the water? Are they building underwater houses that have like cool little magical bubbles like Liam and tiny huts all over the bottom of the swamp floor? Do we Okay. I like? mean I think I think that determ I think that's that's how we we okay. Do you want them to live constantly with their legs under the water? Oh, in the, Like, literally in the swamp? I'm just trying to think of the worst pruny feet you'd ever have in your whole life. Oh, See, I'm gosh. glad our minds went to the same area, but... Oh, man. I know there are societies where they live a lot of their life with their feet in the water. Oh, yeah, I mean... Because, like, skin... it floods constantly where they're at, or there's, there's, there's other many reasons why. I mean, if you live in a swamp... Like, especially like a, you know, like a Louisiana type bayou. I mean, you're going to be getting wet all the time. So, I mean, especially with like the ever-changing levels and of the swamp. So, I mean, I think that'd be really cool. Um, I like the idea of, I like the idea of them having like, okay, have you ever played Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire? Uh, I, I, yes, when they came out a long time ago. So I don't remember okay. much about them. 
one of the last cities you end up going to in that game is called Pacific Lodge, and it's like a literal city that's like floating on the water with like mm-hmm. logs and stuff, and it's super cool. I was thinking that our Goliath cities and structures would either be something like that, that like float, like they're made of like swamp logs and they float on the like giant wooden rafts or vegetation rafts and they mm-hmm. float or, or along through the swamp. Yeah. Or we would do like some sort of witch hut where they're like, you know, logs that stick out of the water and they build little like, you know, huts all over. Um, I, l- I like the idea of floating, but when you said witch hut, all I could think of was the Baba Yaga, the hut that has the chicken legs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was thinking more along the lines of um I'm trying to think of a, a a popular and common swamp hut that people would think of. Maybe something like Pirates of the Caribbean who uh who uh what's her name? She lives in one. Oh. She's the person who uh Davy Jones loves. Oh, what's her name? I don't remember her name. But Are you anyways. making a Pirates of the Caribbean reference? Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't remember her name, but her hut is super cool. And when they're like mm-hmm. they're going through it and in the, the swamp on the rowboat and her hut is like in the trees and like it's super awesome mm-hmm. something like that what i think would be really cool also i mean we can also we're obviously gonna have multiple civilizations here so we can yeah. kind of play around so yeah because um, i kind of like one maybe maybe like they're one of the societies in the swamp becomes traders and they literally like go traders from, or traitors traders okay <laughs> And they go from one city to another of, of these Goliath cities, and they trade. I think that would probably be more floating, right? Like floating. Yeah, that's what a... I mean. Yeah, I, I like... So maybe that they are the ones that floats, but they have they have permanent ones that are built on trees and built in, in like into the swamp. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's super cool. I now, think, um... uh, I looked up the early uses of coal, and it seems like they were used for metalwork pretty early on. Um and also for um, burning, just for that they burn yeah. an ex- exceedingly long amount of time. Okay, yeah, and I think that would be super awesome. I think that totally works. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, as long as we're not, you know, Industrial Revolution Goliaths with trains through the swamp, then I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's next season. But that next does season make me is, want them to trains. ride some sort of, like, sea snakes or anacondas through, like, giant anacondas um, through the swamp. Come on. They're riding alligators. We know that. Oh, true. Wow, <laughs> can I think of anything? And but they alligators? stand on them, like surfboards. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. They stand on these giant alligators like yes, surfboards, it's and they so like fish cool. from them, and like yes, they have like spears. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I love these guys. This is so cool. I love these guys so much. Oh yeah, I love that. I love that so much, and they use them for all sorts of you know like transportation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's super cool. So then these Goliaths, they have permanent structures that are like in the Do trees they Okay, hold on. The 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 moving around uh city is it pulled by a fleet of alligators? Um so I I like the idea of that, but I also hate the idea of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cuz like it's cool, but I also love the idea of like a like literal like vegetation barge that they push around with like you know like giant like swamp poles oh yeah i like that better i like that better i like that better yeah maybe they have them help occasionally but the majority is pushing around like that yeah that's kind of what i was thinking my other idea for it was that because this giant swamp vegetation is just like this floating raft of you know weeds and sticks and logs mm-hmm. that like it was home to so many different like fish and they would like throw buckets of like uh like rotting fish and stuff 
out front and the fish would move to go and get the food and it slowly pushes the raft with it. But I like the poles, I think, better. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of like they're literally using these poles to like push the raft along. It's like Mm -hmm. vegetation raft. Yeah. And what I was thinking along the lines of like fish and stuff because of its vegetation raft, like all these fish follow it. And so they literally have like a fresh source of food and fish everywhere they go and they can just fish off the side of it and catch fish and stuff like that. Yeah, it's I, I love this. Now, what so, other races reside in this swamp with them? Well, before we do that, I'm thinking I'm thinking the Goliaths, like you were saying earlier, they have like permanent structures of like huts and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like up in trees and yeah. on the ground and stuff like that. And then they have this one floating raft that trades with all of them pretty much mm-hmm. and like kind of distributes yes. and ch- trades goods all around. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think that's super cool. Um, as for things that are in the swamp with them, I mean, I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking? Portals? Um, um, I'm thinking. I, I, I want. I think. I think turtles are pretty rare, but yes, I think there are some, and I think they they turtles take the places of old swamp witches that hermits I don't, that live. By are you, do you really want them to be like witches? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't even know if I want tur- turtles in the swamp. I'm just going. Well, no, I just I just head. like that there are a few of them that reside there. Like I like that they're. I like the idea of these rafts are just moving along. They hit into something. They think it's a rock, and then they go to examine it, and it's, it's a just turtle. a t- turtle that's just just, just <laughs> sleeping there, it's just chilling. Now, and okay, like, hear oh, me out. Hey, hear me out. I was thinking a swamp, like a Leonin. Is that what they're called? Like a tribal group of lion folk. Leonin. 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 It's L E O N I N. I believe. Yeah, it is. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it's spelled, but. I think that would be really cool. And they have like cool tribal tattoos and cool designs with their manes. And, you know, they run around with like tribal spears and they fight alligators. And they got leather jackets and bikes. (laughs) 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 They run around with their electric guitars. They have bandanas. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I think it would be really fun to tribal. I think a tribal group of Leonin, Leonin mm-hmm. <laughs> would be really fun. And I think they could like take the place of like Mayans and they have like cool um, like temples, like Aztec temples instead of Yuanti because Yuanti are off doing whatever because I don't want them in the swamp. They can do it. <laughs> they can be somewhere else. <laughs> you want to know? I-, I have a weird idea here. Mm, hit me. What if these Leonin that are in here, what if they're like a branch off from another another group of leonin so this isn't where the the leonin started and so like there's a group of them that's in some other biome but they're also here this is how the panther leonin came to be i don't hate that and now they're like panthers i like them as more panthers i like that i think that's i think it's a really fun idea and they were like they like left society because they you know like they went to the swamps instead of the plains or whatever, or the mountains, a mountain, a mountain kitty. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. So as the, as the ones that went to the swamp, they had a micro evolution. So just like really small scale evolution where it was, Hey, the ones who had less fur were surviving better. Right. And so eventually they got that kind of small fur and it turned a black color so they could hide better. And they yep. became I was tiger, panthers. a tiger, like a tiger group too. Like a group that's a tiger would also work pretty well. The Is swamp. there a tiger King though? No, well, see, no, I don't think so. But there's absolutely a Carol Baskin, though. <laughs> Have you seen the new season? I haven't watched any of it. You haven't watched any of it? None oh, of it. Man, you're not missing a whole lot in my. No, I didn't. Opinion. I don't think so. It's um, it's just, it's just so outlandish and over the top that I have a hard time like 
really thinking that these people exist. <laughs> Which they do, probably, but it's just, I don't know, it's really just a drama show. <laughs> yeah. I don't gotta worry about you cool cats and kits, cats, cats yeah. and kittens. It's true, you don't. <laughs> it's true, it's true. But yeah, I, I could see, like, panthers or tigers, like, like, you know, I mean, I like panthers better. I think that'd be really cool. I don't think there's even, like, a panther folk, like a panther group. No, that's why I like D&D. them being a form of Leonin. Yeah, I think that'd now, be really question cool. Question for you, though. Yes. Are tabaxi actually here, though? Well, I don't know, because I like tabaxi in the swamp, too. <laughs> well, I mean, do, do they be, do they, is it, is it a multi, multi-race group? So it's Leonin and tabaxi. What if, what if, what maybe if the tabaxi Leonin... were here originally, and, and the they... Leonin joined them? That well, that's what I was thinking. It, well, and you know, hear me out. Like, what happens if like the Panther folk, the group that's here now, are like a cross between Tabaxi and Leonin? Because Leonin came in, and that's Tabaxi it. were originally. You got it. You got it in one. Crossed. That's yes, yes. And so the Panthers are now. Um, they're, they're called the, the Panthonin. The Panthonin. <laughs> the Pantheons. <laughs> but no, I think that's that's what I like. And there's no longer Tabaxi or Leonin like here, but those exist other places. But the Panthers have kind of like taken over the swamps in terms of kitty folk. I like that. Yeah, so it, I think it, that's was, super it, cool. it is. That is what happens when you breed a Leonin and a Tabaxi. They come out this Panther folk. Yeah, I think that's super cool. And that's how we got them. And maybe you could like mix some of the racial abilities together. Mm. On D&D, you know, on yeah. D&D Beyond or whatever. That would be cool. And you have a cool, cool new race. That's really awesome. Now we need another group. Is the is the swamp peaceful? Do we have the swamp peaceful? We have every other place kind of angry at each other. Are we having like a peaceful swamp? Huh. I mean, I don't see the Goliaths and the Leonin getting along together well. I don't I don't either. That's my problem. <laughs> I don't either. But I had one more suggestion to make too. What if like the Goliaths were literally like their like what? chief or whatever is a small like a giant. He's like a swamp giant. I think that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. But my my thing that I think I'm gonna go with here for the condition of the swamp in general, I think they have been at war for a long time, but they're reaching the point of peace now. I think it started with it's... with the with the Goliaths accidentally not realizing that the Leonin are are a race and thinking of them as as they just started hunting them oh gosh <laughs> and then they realize oh wait these things can talk what and then they're just... like and so but by that point they'd already angered them and it was a war and they fought a bunch and now they're finally at the point of getting peace talks and and there 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 is a peace a tenue of peace what if we so instead of doing like an active war or an active peace what if we just did like they're just two groups living in the swamps, and if their hunting parties come across each other, they fight, and that's about it. You know, like they just they hate each other, but like they're not actively invading or killing each other. But like you know, hey, if we see a Goliath hunting party and we have you know ten guys with spears, we're gonna go fight them and kill them. You know, like like a very um. Does it need to? Could is there a possibility that both of them run into each other and both don't want to fight each other? Oh sure, yeah sure. I think it's just kind of like this tense. You know, you're a different tribe type thing. You know? Yeah. Like, it's not really, you know, like a war. It's not really a peace. Yeah, there's no peace. There's like, no war. There's, there's just, hey, we both exist. Yeah. And if they, it's up to the individual groups as to, you know, like if they're killing each other or not, you know, like it's just kind of very, I mean, they're not necessarily, the, the societies aren't necessarily just like tribal, but like it's just very like individual tribes kind of like deciding on, yeah. you know, even no, I, I get, say like, I get what you're saying for sure. 
Yeah. So then I think it's, you know, because, I mean, we have quite a few wars going on. I mean, there's always wars going on, though, but, like, <laughs> you know, um, I like I like that idea of it's just kind of like even different tribes of Goliaths are fighting each other, you know? Like, it's just kind of like a, you know, there's some that are together, there's some that are not. There's, you know, it's just kind of like a big tri- a swampy tribe, tribey swamp. Mm-hmm. Now, what is another race that resides in this swamp? I don't know. I'm trying. I'm really trying to think of another interesting race that we don't normally see in the swamp, but fits the swamp attitude. You know what I'm saying? Halflings. I love me a good halfling. I love halflings, and I know we have to have them in the world somewhere. Otherwise, I'm gonna I'm gonna riot. <laughs> okay. Question. I'm just gonna run these other things by you, and if you think halflings fit there better, we'll save it. Halflings in the snow. <laughs> halflings in the know. mountains. <laughs> No, I don't see them in the mountains. Halflings as as like so, some sort of transient, always traveling, um, nomadic. I like that. I also love the idea of cloud halflings, cupids, little cupids. <laughs> I can't take it seriously. I couldn't do that either. I couldn't do like sky castle halflings. I, I like. Swamp. I think nomadic is the one I'm liking the most. For, I like for nomadic halflings. halflings the most. Also, they have like little ponies and they <laughs> or like mastiffs and stuff that pull their little sleds. Yeah, and I think that's kind of how they get their, um, I think while they're traveling, they kind of do like that sea shanty-like thing. Heck yeah. They're just singing and they're doing all this stuff. And so they get this reputation for being bardic, even if they're not all bards. Shelve it. We are going to come back to that because I think that's a whole entire thing. Yeah, but I just just wanted to get that locked in before we get there. Yeah, I think I I like that the best. I just don't see them as anywhere else, to be honest. (laughs) You know? Mm-hmm. Um, which ones we haven't touched yet is the question. What, I mean, we what haven't races? touched like orcs, the gif. We haven't touched the gifs. We haven't touched the orcs. We haven't touched the elephant people, whatever they're called. We Luxodon? haven't touched. Yeah, Luxodon. We haven't touched. I mean, tieflings. We haven't touched. Dra- we have. We touched dragon. We have. We I like tieflings dragon. being who they are. Like just hell monsters. What about volcano tieflings? Wow! Wow! Did you just say? <laughs> Did you just call them <laughs> hell monsters? That's I don't terrible. Know they are in regular D and D. No, they're just people that they're in in their in their lineage. They I have they were like demon blood. Hell slaves. They have demon blood. I thought they were hell slaves, but no, they just have wrong. demon blood in their history. They're literally offspring of demons. <laughs> I even my first character. Well, my first like really really consistent character was a tiefling. Rip me. And I don't even know anything about him. <laughs> Yeah, they were just they were just people that have the blood of demons in their bloodline somewhere. It's the same as Azamar, just somewhere in their in their history, they were some that's why you can literally be like, I am a, a tiefling of Zariel. That means you literally have the archdemon Zariel in your bloodline somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what we want to do with those. Just they're intermixed with a bunch of different races. Wherever a demon eh, that's where there's a tiefling. Yeah, do you think the races now have, are like intermingled more? Like, do we? I see think big more than we have of... it. More than because this is prehistory that we're working on right now. Right, right. I right. think where we're at, yes, they are a lot okay. more disseminated. But I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna literally show people going from this prehistory. How could things how we get change? To... Yep. Cool. Okay. Got it. Yeah, because I'm th- I'm seeing a world with like you know city of you know tons of different people, mm-hmm. but it's just you know. How, how, how it got there is what we need to ex- explore. But we need another race for the swamp for sure. I want another group that kind of resides in the swamp. And, I mean, we could do Tritons, and they live in underwater cool, like, Star Wars bubbles. 
Like there are sections what if of the they're swamp partially, that are deeper. What if they're like their society is more of a mutual underwater above ground, above water type society. So their what cities are literally made as both. There's part oh, of it I love that's that above idea. the water, parts of it below. But also, I kind of want them to be in a different area. And I kind of, would you be willing to go with me for a mountainous cave? Interesting. With large sure. underwater, I- um, like a, access to a large underwater river. My thought, and hear me out, my thought was uh, if we were doing any kind of mountainous train or jungle, like it would be like a mix between mountain and jungle. And you know those cool caves that are in like Brazil that like in South America that like are just giant holes in the ground that are filled with water and cool fish? Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, and they're like super deep. Uh-huh, and they're like big complicated cave complexes that are just yeah. full of really cool fish. That's what I was thinking. But yeah, I don't I don't I would like to keep the Triton out of the swamp for now. Okay, let's let's keep them out of the swamp. Okay. Um we should probably do some sort of water race, right? Like a like what are the fish people? What are those guys called? Um the ones that are Leo just fun. Kuatoa. 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 Yeah. K U I Grung Dash T O A. Grung are Jungle Grung. Jungle Grung. We have Swamp Grung. That's interesting. I, I um I think the one that was hitting me the most for Swamp was um you said it previously and it's totally leaving my mind right now. Um oh we could also try um just homebrew. Like a totally Crocodon. Like, yeah, like croc crocodon. Which is ones I made which are crocodiles. Yeah. I like those, but I don't know. Like I kinda want like a an official something, you know? Okay. Um Elephants in the Swamp. And we march from copyright. <laughs> huh? The Jungle Book. <laughs> You've never seen, never seen Disney Jungle Book. I have, but I don't know what you're talking about with elephant. How? Where the? I started with the song. I was singing uh, the elephant song, and it was going to be copyrighted. So. And you're like, wait, nope, stop. Yep. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know. I don't see the Luxodon being swamp either. You know? What about orcs? So. I thought about orcs, but I feel like they're a little bit too already swampy. Yeah, related. Already swampy. That's why I kind of like GIF, because GIF in D and D, they're technically supposed to be this space-faring race that has guns and all this stuff. But what if we literally just say, "No, you're hippos. That's you're literally hippos. You reside partially under the water because you like that." I like it. Yeah, like what you're thinking about the Tritons, like partially above and partially in the water, Mm -hmm. like cool that's uh, literally what hippos do that's exactly what they do <laughs> you're a hippo race you be hippos we have, it's cool we have tribal hippos tribal swamp hippos that reside in it. these cool what if what if they're the what if they're they are still the most advanced for their area well that's why i love the idea of like those star wars underwater like oxygen bubbles because i love in. i love I, well i don't like that I, I don't think that's i like that for some people i don't like that for for um I mean, for for GIF. Um, with the GIF, I, I love that in their backstory, they're supposed to feel like they're superior to everybody else. So I would love to them to be the like most advanced race in this swamp. So they see themselves as better than both the Leonin and the... Um, Oh, the Goliaths. But, like, they don't even wear plate armor yet. <laughs> but, no, well, yeah. Yes, I think, I think when they get out of the swamp, they find the rest of the world is far more developed than they <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think that's funny. It's I think like that's the hilarious. Swamp is its own time cancel or capsule that. Yes. 
you know? Yes, I, I think that's great. I think that's such a funny thing because they still have this built-in arrogance to them. And then when they get out, they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> so what about like... What about like swamp mud huts that like reside all up and down the banks of a river and into the river? Mm-hmm. Like cool little maybe mud they're, domes. Maybe they're not even like full on huts. They're literally just like the the mud that already comes, the mud and silt that already is, is residing along the sides of the river of the like the sh- swampy areas. They just kind of push them up into kind of like alcoves. Yeah, like little domes and little alcoves that they just yeah. kind of push push mud around. That's what I. And maybe thinking. they maybe they use um, magic to keep it um, like harden it or something. Yeah, or, yeah, like or yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, I'd be down with something like that too, and I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. And they now are they like mean? Are they just like isolating themselves? Are they do they fight people? What's the? I don't think do they're they do? downright mean. I I'm gonna say they're they're xenophobic. They feel like they're better than others but they're not like i'm not gonna they're not like i'm gonna go and attack you and take you over they're like we're gonna stay over here and develop ourselves and become the best we can be bye so then what what makes them a little bit more advanced than the rest of the swamp races do they make like i think they have i think they're really good at um magic oh okay magic hippos they're magically delicious I, i i'm thinking i'm okay with that like they can are they like sorcerer hippos (laughs) i can't <laughs> I mean, I think they're wizards. I oh, think it's gosh. something that requires study and makes them feel like they're literally superior because they did all this work for it. But couldn't it also feed their superiority complex if they were just like born with magical power and they're like, we're so cool because we're just born with I think it could power. too. Yes, I, I do think that could work. And do you want, would you rather go with. Blood with, is that of a. Oh, is there a, a new subclass of sorcerer called the GIF? The GIF sorcerer? <laughs> Or the yes. hippo source? <laughs> it's, it's their ancestors, the great hippo. <laughs> I love hippos in real life, by the way. I think hippos are so cool in real life. They're deadly, dude. They're very deadly, but they're really, really awesome. Have they you seen the... You. Never mind. I was going to say, have you seen the video of the one hippo that's... <laughs> never mind. That never what? Mind. Never mind. It goes up not... against a herd of lions. Do you like frequent Reddit ever? Uh, not excessively so. Okay, then you probably haven't seen it, but it's just, it's just the dumbest video of all time of a hippo in a zoo, <laughs> but, and let's just say his little tail is flinging poo like crazy. <laughs> it's like the loudest, loudest fart and poop of all time. It's really funny. <laughs> is that the one where as the tail switches back and forth, it throws the poop? <laughs> Yeah, it's that one. <laughs> yeah. I think I think hippos just do that when they poop. I think so too, but it and kills it's me every so time I stupid. see it. Because everybody in the video is like dying because they're like they're laughing so hard. <laughs> the poor hippo. He just wanted some I privacy. Know. I know, and here he is. <laughs> An object of our entertainment <laughs> as he poops. <laughs> Anyways, mm. sorcerer or wizard hippos. What are we thinking? I mean I think it's up to you. I like both. Hmm. Or warlocks. I thought warlocks, but I kind of okay. I don't know what they would. Is their society a majocracy? I don't know. Like I, I picture. So I picture yes in a way. Like their tribal, like tribal chiefs are like sorcerers. Mm-hmm. And so, like the ones that are magic in their society are their tribal chiefs. Yeah. And they sit around and like you know hit drums and it's super cool and they have cool like awesome dress. I think it'd be super cool. But, is so being like, magical 
seen as better in their society. I would say, yeah. I think I like the idea of yes. I mean, it's not like if you're not magical, you're, you know, a loser or anything, but like, you know, like. I think it partially we, is. I think yeah. we go with sorcerer. We say it's it's a bloodline thing, and different bloodlines within the hippos have more and more power or less power. Okay. And I think yeah. that one of the things that um, occurs when people are born and don't have it, they get offered a pact. A pact of the hippo. Well, of just whatever, like, I think there's, they find some sort of warlock patron. What would their patron be? I like this Could idea, be an though, like, the top ones get, like, a, they become a, they become a, a two-level warlock dip and become one of the most broken multi-classes in the game. <laughs> Eldritch Blast, twin it, baby. Boom, 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 shoot 12 times. Yeah, I think all the high ones, all the all, like the top ones, are definitely that. That would be cool. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I mean, it's like a super broken thing. In the but game. I think that really I think that the play. people who are who are um, born without it, without magic, I think they can tell, and I think so that it's not ever a problem in their society. They literally offer that the parents, hey, we can have your child sign this <laughs> pact. I thought for sure you just said that we offer the parents hay. Like, like they just, they take their kid and they give them no. hay instead. No. They say, hey, you, you can sign this pact. Like, and maybe it's like a, it's like a um, town secret. So most of the people don't know about it. Only the higher ups that are like close to getting it or have been given it that are about to take the next, last two levels of it. Of Warlock and the people who were born without magic are given the chance to to do this. So it's okay. like a secret ritual. I like that. I also like the idea of if the baby is born without magic, they literally give it to like the Goliaths or something. Like they just, they don't even believe it's a, a proper gift. And so Goliaths also have a few hippo like uh, gifts in their society from just being given to them as babies. Do they train them and give them back or... No, I think they just, they literally adopt them, and they live in society with them. Okay. I don't think the gifts give them to them. I think the gifts... Well, okay. Like exile them? Like just so I think we have two options here. One, either it's just straight up exile. Two, the parents, it started as the parents trying to save their child would drop them off with the gift. I mean, with the, with the Goliaths, and say, please take care of this. And it happens so much that the society just said, fine, when we have a child, we'll just give it to the Goliaths. And he doesn't have magic. We'll give it to the guys. I think I like the second one where it's like it they, just became a, a yeah. This is what became. it used to be. We just abandoned them. Now we give them to the Goliaths. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I like that a lot. And so and maybe when, they what do they gain from the Goliaths for doing this? There's a part of me that they just think they gain a pure race. You know, like they just gain a more magical, magically gifted race. Because the Goliaths have to feed them, and you know they don't really gain. You know, they gain some more manpower, I guess, after a while, but. Maybe the Goliaths have agreed to not use magic in the swamp, or I mean, that's a little bit. Is it is it super rare harsh. in Goliath society for them to even have magic? I, I kind of like that idea. I do too. Yeah, and, and so that's why they like, don't. Maybe that's why they don't see them as a threat. So they're think, like, we're just going to give you our children, our our right. children that do not have magical ability. Then yeah. you can all reside in your little magicless society over there. Yeah, and do your thing. Right. That's what I think is kind of the idea. That's what I was thinking, kind of. Just like a, you know, they're just not really a, a threat. So you can have our magicless children who don't, you know. Cool. Who, 
But I think if like the chieftain gives birth to a magicless baby, they do the warlock patron because like the chieftain doesn't want to, you know, lose mm-hmm. his throat, his throne or whatever, you know, his heir. So yeah, like, I think there I think, is a I little think they secret. do that with with um all the higher ups. Right. I think so. There is a little secret that if you know those babies aren't magical, then then we have we mm-hmm. have a problem, and so they. And know. I think as you were saying, the super broke um multi class. I think. It is known Eldritch Blast is something that only the high powers can do. So when there's a child who has the ability to cast Eldritch Blast, they're like, "What? That's what? crazy!" Yeah. And so they get, they get, yeah, they get, they get known for something, even though it's like technically yep. it's this other thing. Yeah, totally. No, and I, like I think that that's a lot. fantastic. I think we're good with the swamp, and I love this. I think, yeah, me too. And it's going a little long. <laughs> no, I think this is actually a pretty good oh, recording yeah, it's only, length. It's only an hour and ten. Um, thank you all for listening to episode 68 one away um <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to our podcast um and you listen to us on some sort of podcasting app that has a rating and reviews please write us a review let us know what you think about the show uh we'd love to hear it and we we uh really helps the show by showing that people are engaging with it in more ways than one if you want to get in touch with us personally you can email us at dungeoneered at hotmail.com Mm-hmm. we'd love to hear a lot of different things from you from like hey you inspired me to create this or hey i created this fun thing and i just wanted to talk about it to hey this is a topic you should do or this is a lukewarm open you should do we'd love to hear all of it please write yeah. to us um anything to add aaron no sir okay cool well as i always say always remember to be the sharpest barrel in the bunch see you next time bye